Are you all awake this morning? Didn't Jonathan do fantastic? Did you learn something from Jonathan? Pastor Jonathan? He's honestly one of my favorite people. I, I love Pastor Jonathan so much. I have so many fun, exciting stories. We were just telling Derek an amazing story that happened to us yesterday. Everybody stand up with me. I know it's almost lunchtime, but will you just hang out with me for a few minutes and we can talk about Jesus? And, um, you know, I know Scott told you to go eat, get some candy. Who got candy just now? Who's all sugared up right now? Anybody? One person, two people, three people, uh, four people. Okay. Like, you know, if you need to, like, stretch, stretch your legs, do some squats. If you need to do squats, do whatever you need to do. Just do some lunges. My wife's favorite thing to do is she just walks around the gym doing lunges. Just, and then she actually, she will lunge her way out the door. Everybody at my gym knows this is what Jen does. And so do whatever you need to do. Like high five your friend. When you're ready to sit down, go ahead and sit down. When you feel like you've got all of your like, you know, all your energy and all of your exertion, you need to get out. And then um, let's sit down together. Well, not together because I'm not going to sit down. But you sit down and, and we're going to look at the Bible together. Did somebody say they love the book of the Bible? Is that you? Was that Jake? Is that Jake? You love, you love the Bible? I love this. I love this Jake. Jake's love Jake's. Am I right? Um, we're going to pray together, and then we're going to jump into this. Father, we thank you for this time together. God, I ask that you continue to speak to us. Father, I ask that you open our hearts to receive your truth to receive your life. God, I thank you that you speak to us right now, that as we sit in your presence, your word says that where two or three of us are gathered, that there you are in our midst. And I know that every time we gather, you have something you want to say and do. So Father, we say have your way in this place this morning. I know we're all hungry. It's almost lunchtime, but Jesus, help us to focus and pay attention to you because good things are going to happen. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Open your Bibles with me. We're going to look at our conference scripture. I'm going to show you what stood out to me in this conference scripture. 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 9, 10, and 11. I'm reading today from the NLT, the New Living Translation. Anybody, do we have any NLT readers in the room? Praise the Lord for NLT. NLT, New Living Translation. All right, it says this. Uh, but you're not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness, out of darkness. He called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about this one of these words in this verse that really stood out to me as I was thinking about you guys this weekend and I was getting ready for today, the one word that really stood out to me was the word identity. There's a saying, and it's a really old saying. If you never heard it, it's probably because it's from way before your time. But the saying is this, is that all nature abhors a vacuum. Has anybody ever heard that? Jonathan has heard that. I'm so glad Jonathan is here. Me and Jonathan knows this saying. 
It says, all nature abhors a vacuum. And what that means is that if there is a void, something is going to try and fill that void. And I want to tell you today that there is a void in this generation's identity where we don't know the world is coming along and there are people that are growing up. There may be people in this room where you don't really know who you are, why you're even here, or what your life is supposed to look like. And so the world is coming along and saying, let me tell you what your identity is supposed to look like. Have you heard any of these conversations happening? I want to tell you that there is an identity that you have, and your identity is found in God. I want to tell you what the word identity means. I looked it up in the dictionary because it's really good to know what words mean. Sometimes, like, if I say the word identity, you're like, I don't really know what the word identity means, dude. That's a big, like, three-syllable word, and, like, I have an idea, but I really don't care that much. Well, here's what identity means. Identity is the distinguishing character of something. It's, it's what defines you. And so this verse, this word here, and I love the New Living Translation because the New Living is one of the only translations in verse 10 that says it this way. Once you had no identity as a people, then it says, now you are God's people. The first thing I want to tell you this morning about your identity is that your identity is found in God. Your identity is not found in what the world tells you. Your identity is not found in some uh, thing that you create. Listen, if you allow yourself to create your own identity, who knows what you will come up with? I don't know what life is like in Saskatchewan, but let me tell you about people's identity in the Fraser Valley outside of Vancouver where I live. There are people in—who's in middle school here? Raise your hands if you're in middle school. Okay, there are people in the city that I live in. I live in Abbotsford. It's like an hour outside of Vancouver. And there are people that go to school in Abbotsford that they believe their identity is they are cats. And so when they go to school, the government has come along and said, okay, you're a cat. So instead of a bathroom, inside the bathroom, we're giving you a litter box. Isn't that amazing? I don't feel like you think that's as amazing as I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing as in the sense like, this is crazy. I'm a cat. Meow, meow. And they walk around meowing, and then they go to the bathroom. Could you imagine walking into that bathroom? Because, you know, listen, who's ever seen a cat in a litter box? Scratch, 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 scratch. You walk in the room, what's a cat always do? A cat always looks at you right away in the litter box. Imagine walking into your school bathroom and there's a litter box and there's some kid in the litter box. Scratch, 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 scratch. You walk in. Like... If you don't find your identity in God, you're going to come up with something crazy and find your identity in something somewhere else that is not what you are created to be. Listen, in Genesis chapter 2, I want to read this scripture to you. Hold your place here and I want to read you two other scriptures. Who has an actual Bible this morning? Three people. Praise, praise the Lord. And Jonathan. Oh, man. Have I told you I'm so glad you're here? 
You know my references. You have a Bible. Genesis chapter 2. This is the beginning of everything. Genesis is the beginning of everything, okay? So we go back to the beginning to find out how God originally designed, how he originally created things, and what his original purpose for things was. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says this, Then God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, And the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, and there he placed the man he had made. Okay, let's go look in Psalms 139. I want to read you another passage of Scripture. We're talking about how your identity is found in God. It's not found anywhere else. Are you hearing me? Don't go make up your own identity, because when we get on our own, I don't know if you know this or not, But if you're on your own and nobody's around you to challenge you, sometimes some people, not only people in this room, maybe your friends get weird. You come up with weird stuff. Have you ever met somebody who has weird stuff, weird thinking, weird ideas? It's weird, isn't it? Do you ever tell them it's weird? You're like, bro, that's weird, man. That's the weirdest thing I've heard all day. You ever tell your friends that stuff? You definitely need to. If your friends get weird, you need to call them out. You need to point them back to Jesus. You need to point them back to the Word of God. So, Psalm 139, verse number 13. So we're going to look. This is the psalmist writing, and David wrote this, and he's talking to the Lord. And if you don't have this passage of verses highlighted in your Bible, I encourage you to highlight this, to make notes, to circle words that stand out to you. And here's what it says. David's talking. He's talking to the Lord. He said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Goes on, it says here in verse 15, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born, and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Come on. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You know, Jonathan was just talking about how God chose you of all the days, of all the years, of all the thousands of years that have gone on. God chose you to be here alive in 2023 in Saskatchewan. He said, I'm going to put this person right here because I've got a plan. I've got a purpose for them. They're not a mistake. It's not just because their parents had sex and, oh, here comes a baby. God says, I designed and ordained you. I have a purpose for you. My identity is inside of you, and I chose you to be here now in history for a purpose and a plan and a reason. Well, thank you. Praise the Lord. God is good. Go back to 2 Peter. Let's finish up here. So the first thing that stood out to me in this verse is that your identity is found in God. If you don't know, I said that all, all nature abhors a vacuum. And my point was, was that if you don't know your identity is found in the Lord, if you don't know where to find your identity, then what's going to happen is the world is going to come along. 
and try and fill those places. The world is going to come along and try and tell you who you were supposed to be, who you should be, what you should act like, what you should consider, what you should think about. And what you've got to do is keep going back. If you have a question about anything, if you buy a new car, if you buy a new microwave, if you buy a new video game, if you buy uh, clothes and you're like, how do I wash these clothes? What do you do? You always go look at the labels or the instructions on how to take care of these things. You always go back to the person who made these things to find out how you're supposed to take care of it. If you don't know who you are, you just have to go back to the beginning and talk to the architect who created you. And that architect is our heavenly father, God. And so all you got to do is you're like, I don't know who I'm called to be. I don't know what my identity is. I don't know what my life is supposed to look like. All you have to do is go back to God, the father and say, why am I here? Listen, We've only got a few more minutes left together, but in this session, I believe that every time we get together, that God wants to say and do something. And I believe, as I was thinking about you guys this morning, I believe there are people here in this room that don't know why you're here, that don't feel like they have an identity, that they're just kind of like this, this blob that's alive. And they're, I'm not, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. I'm so confused about my identity. And God is saying today that if you will listen and if you will draw into him and you will move closer to him. He wants to reveal who you are created to be, who he has designed you to be, and what he says about you if you will just push in. All right? So number one, your identity is found in God. The next thing here in verse nine, I want to show you this. It's this. Your identity is defined by him. It's found in him. He created you. He made you. He put you together just like we read in Psalm 139. And now I want to tell you, if we look in verse 9, let's look and see how he defines you. What he says your defining character is. He says this. Peter's talking. And he says, you're not like that. For you are a chosen people. You're chosen. Somebody here needs to realize today that you are chosen, that God loves you, that he cares about you, that he thinks about you, and that he chose you. He said, yeah, I love this person. I'm choosing this person. And here's the great thing. God chooses everybody, but sometimes the world gets so loud and makes so much noise that we just think, yeah, maybe God chose everybody else but me. But I want to remind you today that God chose you. He calls you a chosen people. You are set apart for a reason and for a purpose. You're not a fluke. You're not a byproduct. You're not a mistake. God chose you. You are royal priests. You know, when they talk about priests in the Bible, priests were people who were set aside and consecrated for the purposes of God. Can I just tell you this morning, I don't know where you go to school. I don't know where you work at. I don't know what your family life looks like. I don't know what your home situation is, but you are called to be set apart to the purposes of God. Maybe the people in your life, maybe the people in your school, maybe you are going to be the only Jesus they see, and you need to be set apart to him and his purposes so that when you go to school, so that when you hang out at home, maybe you're 
the only Christian in your family. Maybe you're all your family will ever see about Jesus. And so if that's the case, you need to be set apart and a holy priest so when they see you, they see something different that leads them to the goodness of God. You know, you were talking about boldness last night, weren't you, Jonathan? Yeah, and we prayed for boldness at the end, didn't you? Here's what, here's what the lost in the world don't need. The people in the world who don't know Jesus, they don't need you who do know Jesus to look and act just like them. What they need is for you to look different than them so they can look at you and say, there's something different about this person. This person isn't miserable all the time. This person's arms aren't cut up for some reason. This person isn't on all kinds of medication because they're depressed and anxious. This person doesn't walk around talking about wanting to kill themselves all the time. I gotta find out what's different about this person. They're smiling. Why are you smiling all the time? Doesn't your life suck like my life sucks? Don't you hate your family? Don't you hate your mom and dad? Why are you smiling? You look like an idiot, dude. You're grinning all the time. What's up with you? I can't help it, man. My life just, it's, it's not as bad as you think it is. And then you say, because I got Jesus in my life. And let me tell you what Jesus did. Yes, I have problems, but my problems don't define me. Jesus does. All right, your identity is found in him. Your identity is defined by him. He goes on and says, you chosen people, you're royal priest, you're a holy nation, you are God's very own possession. You know, if you read through the book of the Bible, if you read through the New Testament, you will hear Paul talk about this, you will hear other people talk about this, and they use phrases like, I am a bondservant. I am a slave. And they're talking about how their life is not their own. And what they're talking about, Peter says here, you are God's very own possession. Once you move into a relationship with Jesus Christ, your life is no longer your own. And he is in charge of your life. And he wants to direct your life. And he wants to guide your life. Not because he's some crazy uh, control freak, but because like Pastor Jonathan was just talking about, he wants to work in you. And then he wants to work through you. He wants to transform those people that you do life with. He wants to transform where you go to school. He wants to bring revival and healing. Listen, the people in the world are dying, lost, confused, sick, hopeless, afraid, terrified, and unsure of the future. And Jesus wants to work inside of you to bring his goodness to you and then through you. And he says, you're God's own possession. So that that means that God can use you when and how he sees fit. There's a purpose to you being here. We're not just followers of Jesus to get our life cleaned up and to feel better about ourselves and to go to heaven when we die. We follow Jesus so that we can then turn around. You know, the last thing that Jesus said to the disciples, we call it the Great Commission. Well, it was one of the last things. And he said, go and make disciples of all the nations. You're here to give away what you've received. 
And you can't give it away if you have not received it. There are people in your life that they're just as confused. They're more confused about their identity than you are. And if you have received, if you spend time in God's presence and you know what your identity looks like, you know where your identity comes from, you know who God has called you to be, then you need to direct those people to the very presence of God. You need to show them about Jesus. You need to teach them the truth that you can find in the Word of God so that their life can be transformed and changed just like you yours was. Has anybody here had their life transformed by the Lord? Then you need to go and tell others about it. It says this, as a result, so number one, your relationship, or your identity is found in Him. It's defined by Him. I want to tell you this as well, that your identity leads others to him. It says, as a result of being chosen people, royal priests, a holy nation, God's own possession, as a result of those things, you can show others the goodness of God. You can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful life, into his wonderful light. There are people all around you surrounded by darkness. The world is, is, doesn't it seem to be getting darker and darker as the days go by? You know, like if you look at the movies, don't the movies seem to be getting darker and darker and darker? Doesn't the music industry, don't the songs that you hear on the radio, don't they seem to be getting darker and darker and darker? Listen, there are songs on the radio today that are absolutely wicked. Not wicked good, wicked bad. When I listen to songs that were on the radio when I grew up, like in the 90s and the 2000s, I hear those songs now, and I remember thinking to myself back then, oh, I can't, nobody can know I heard this song. Whoa, don't listen to this song. Don't tell anybody when they get in your car, change, put on the Christian radio station, raise your hands while you drive, both hands, the Lord's taking the wheel, it's okay. I remember when I grew up, those songs were like, I can't tell anybody. I, don't listen to Dre. Don't listen to Snoop Dogg. Don't listen to House of Pain. No jumping around. No jumping around. Don't jump up, jump up, and get down. Don't do it. There are songs on the radio now that literally blow my mind. I don't even know how it got on the radio. Yeah. I think you all know what we're talking about. It says, as you have become God's chosen people, a royal nation, a royal priesthood, His very own possession, when you find your identity in Him, then you can direct others to Him so that those people that are lost and dying and lonely and afraid and hurting and anxious and broken, those people can see in your life who you are, what God has done for you, and you can point them to Him. It's okay. I'm almost done. I know. This is really exciting stuff, isn't it? We're having a great time, aren't we? You're not thinking about pizza, are you? We're not having pizza again for lunch, are we? Okay, praise Jesus. That's, that's carb overload. That's carb overload. Your identity is found in Him. It's defined by Him. Your identity, when you find it in Him, it will lead others to Him. 
That's, that's one of the big reasons we're here. That's one of the big reasons we follow Jesus is so that we can lead other people to him. There, this, the world is broken. It is lost. It is dying. It needs the goodness that you have found yourself through God. And so you are called as his people to turn around and give away what you've received. Here's the last thing I want to show you out of this passage that stood out to me. In verse 11, it says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. I warn you, I love, the, I love the wording here, temporary residents and foreigners. Some translations use the word aliens, and now that the government has come out and said aliens are real, then this just brings, this makes so much more sense, doesn't it? This is not our home. And the lie of the age and the lie of the world tries to get you to forget that there is an eternal life after this. It tries to get you focusing on just the here and the now. And Peter's coming along and saying, hey, don't forget, this isn't the end all and be all. There is more after this. There are people that are dying and going to hell where they will live in eternal separation from God if you don't give away what you've been given. So don't get tied up with all the fun things and the cool things and the great things. Listen, that's not a bad things, some of the stuff out there, laser tag's awesome. We can play laser tag. We can have pizza. We can have a DJ downstairs wearing the sparkliest jacket you've ever seen in your life, spinning some beats. Those are great. Those are fun. Go to the movies. Hang out with your friends. Eat all the popcorn you could ever stuff in your mouth. Great. Enjoy it. But what he's saying is remember there is more beyond all those things. And so remind yourself that this is all temporary. There is more to come. Don't fix on the here and now. Think about the future. Think about the things that last forever. Think about the kingdom of God. He says, I want to warn you as a temporary resident and foreigner. Listen, you know, if you're living somewhere temporarily, you don't really fully move in, do you? If you, if you, if your family like sold the house and had to move into another place, we, we just finished building a house and it was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. It, it took forever, cost way more than it was supposed to. Just, it's great, it's all done now, great. Praise Jesus, we live there, but it was hard. But let me tell you something. It took like a year and a half to build this house. And so we had to sell the house we were living in and for a year and a half, we were like pilgrims. We had like a few things. Everything got packed up, and it all went and sat in this storage locker. And we had a few things that we traveled around with. I could pack up all my belongings in a car, all my clothes, and all of my things that I needed. I don't need a lot, guys. I don't have like all these hair products that, that I need to keep my hair looking nice. I have a razor blade. It's not, it's not big. It doesn't take up a lot of space. And so in this year and a half, 
We, we had everything in storage, and we moved from place to place. We lived with Jen, my wife's parents, for a while. Then we moved into another place. But in all that moving around, we were temporary. And since we were temporary, when we moved into a house, we didn't say, mm, let's paint these walls. Let's go buy furniture for this house. Let's make this our forever home. Let's make it look just like we love it. Why? Because we weren't. We knew we weren't going to be in that place forever. It was temporary. We were foreigners. We had somewhere else we were going. And what Peter is saying is don't forget, as awesome as life here is, don't forget this isn't your real home. I don't know why I'm yelling. I'm sorry. I get excited. I get worked up. I'm probably hungry. And that's probably some hanger coming out. Some righteous hanger. I don't, I'm not hangry. I'm joking. He says, I want to warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires the wage against your very souls. When you find your identity in him, when you find those things that are your distinguishing character, and those distinguishing characteristics are listed right here. Partially, he says, you're chosen people. You're royal priests. You're a holy nation. What is he saying? He's saying you are set-apart people where you are not supposed to look like everybody else, where your life is supposed to look different, where your words, listen to me, your words, listen to me, your words are supposed to sound different. That means you don't talk like everybody else. You don't talk about the same things that everybody talks about. You mean I can't talk about mowing the lawn? No, I'm not talking about that. You mean I can't talk about my homework? No, you talk about your homework. You mean I can't talk about that TV show I love? You can talk about that. I'm talking about where your speech doesn't sound like your friends at school, where you don't say things you know you shouldn't say to fit in and to be cool and to not stand out. He says you are called to look different. You are called to be separate so that when they see you, they see him. He says, so don't set up shop to live on this planet forever because one day your time here is going to be done and you will move into your forever home. And so what you want to do is take as many people with you as you can in your time and your journey here. This life that you live, listen, I know you're like, I'm young. I've got a long journey ahead of me. I've got a long time. Can I close by telling you a story about that? One time, long ago, I went to school too. It's true. We had school when I was a child. I'm not that old. The world was not in black and white when I was a kid. The world was in color. It was just like you live it now. And I was a pastor's kid. I grew up in the church like Pastor Megan. Good old PKs. But as a child, I was very shy about talking about Jesus. And I just wanted to fit in. I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want people to notice me. And so I went to school with all my buddies, and I had this one guy that was my buddy in grade school. We hung out all the time, and I loved hanging out with him. And then, you know, as you do, you get older, you go separate ways. He went to one school. I went to another school, and that was the end of it. I never saw him again. And then one day, I was married, and I, I was like just married, and I open up the newspaper, and I'm flipping through the pages, and there's a story about this dude who was driving his car one night, drove off the road, and was killed instantly. They didn't find him until the next day. At the bottom of the story, they said, 
said this guy's name, and it was my friend. Let me tell you, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because when I was young, I said to myself, I got so much time. I can talk about Jesus when I'm a grown man, and I'll go preach at conferences, and I'll pastor a church, and I'll talk about Jesus every Sunday. But now I'm 13 years old. I'm 14 years old. I'm 15 years old. I don't have to worry about it now. I just want to fit in and have fun and hang out with my friends and eat as much popcorn as I can. But let me tell you this morning, that's not what God desires for you. You don't have to wait to a certain age to be serious about your relationship with Jesus. You don't have to wait till you're grown up before you say, I've got to find out why I'm here, why God created me, what my identity in Him looks like. He wants to say to you today, I want to reveal some plans and purposes right here, right now, before you go eat whatever lunch there is. I want to talk to you about your future, your life, and your reason. Stand up with me. Can I pray, Megan? Or do I have to sit down? I want to pray with you. I want you all to close your eyes. And I want to take a minute, and I want to pray with you. And if as I've been speaking today, listen, I sincerely believe the Lord is wanting to do some powerful things. I believe he already has. I, I believe last night he was speaking to us. I believe as Jonathan was speaking this morning, he was talking to us and doing powerful things. I believe during worship last night, God was moving. But I believe that he wants to continue moving, that he wants to continue to speak. And so if as I was speaking this morning, you're saying, you were saying to yourself, yeah, I've got no idea why I'm here. I've got no idea what my identity is supposed to look like. I don't know why he created me. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. With everybody's eyes closed, I want you to slip your hands up. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to make you come up here because this isn't like a, a laying on hands thing. This is me knowing who I'm praying for. So raise your hands high and unashamed so I can see them. And here's the thing, I believe God, if you're raising your hand, don't just raise it because the person beside you is raising it. Don't raise it because your friend is making you raise it. Because I believe God is wanting to speak to us right now. I believe this is a holy moment where God is wanting to show things to you that will impact you and change you if you allow it forever. Pastor Megan was talking about it last night. Pastor Jonathan mentioned last night about how when they were younger, there were moments in their life where God came to them in conferences or meetings and transformed and changed their life forever. And I believe right now is one of those moments. So, Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that all across this place that you begin to reveal identity, that you begin to reveal purposes and plans. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that right now you begin to speak to hearts and minds. Father, if there are any lies from the enemy, if there is any deception that has crept in, I ask in Jesus' name that those lies be broken off right now, that healing comes, 
that clarity comes, that ears are open and eyes are open right now in Jesus' name to your truth, to your purposes, to your reasons. And Father, I thank you right now that you are doing a work that only you can do. I speak destiny to you in Jesus' name. I speak purpose to you in Jesus' name. I speak identity being revealed to you in Jesus' name right here, right now. Follow all across this place. All across this place, Jesus. Speak, move, and do what only you can do. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful. We're so thankful for our time meeting with you. I thank you for new identities. I just feel there's people here right now that are confused about their identity. That there's confusion. And confusion is coming trying to stop you from moving into what God has called you. And it's running through your head on a loop over and over and over and there's torment attached to it. There's torment, torment, there's fear, there's anxiety attached to the confusion surrounding you and your future and your identity. And God is saying to you today, that is not of me. Those lies are not from me. Those fears are not from me. That confusion is not from me. And he says to you today, peace. Peace be still. Peace be still. And he is quieting the waves in your heart and in your mind right now. Father, we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said, amen.